0: Superheroes, if you could sit with a superhero and ask them, how do you do what you do? If you could sit with Iron Man, what would you ask him? How do you... How are you so smart? If you could sit with Spider-Man, what would you ask him, Isaac? Um, how, are you so how is he so skinny? <laughs> oh, sticky. <laughs> You'd rather know how he's so skinny. Yeah. If you could sit with Superman, what would you ask him? How do you fly? If you could uh, sit with Thor, Lady Thor, what would you ask him? Where's your hammer? Wouldn't <laughs> 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 it would be great if we had an accent, well firstly if these people were real, which they're not, but um, when we sit with these people and say, like, well how do you do that? How do you, uh, Dr. Strange, how do you do this thing with your hands? How, it'd be interesting to sit with them. In fact, if you watch some of the superheroes they had, not many of them, most of them were sort of born with their superpowers, but some of them had to learn. Who remembers the show, The Greatest American Hero? Yeah, all of us are older people, that's right. But he had to learn how to fly, as did um, Miss, Miss uh, Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel. She had to figure out how to, was that her name? she had to figure out how to use her superpowers. As did Peter, well, Spider Man had to learn how to do his web thing. And so I'm sure they'd benefit by being able to sit with someone else and ask them how they managed to do all that stuff. And so this morning I wanted to change our, our focus a little bit away from superheroes because we know they're not real. Sorry if that's just deflated anyone here today. Um, I, want to, I want to move to the thought around Jesus, which is a great thing for a church to talk about. And firstly, I can make it very, 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 very clear. Jesus is not a superhero, you know. I don't want us to associate, because for us as Christians, Jesus was a historical, real uh, person that lived on this earth and is very much alive today. So I want to draw a very clear line. Jesus is not a superhero, but I think he's incredibly super. In it. If you had the opportunity to sit with Jesus, what would you ask him? Jesus, how, how on earth did you, did you walk on the water? What else would you ask him? How, how, how did you manage to, uh, to know what was going on in people's hearts and people's minds and still love them? Jesus, how did you how did you uh, spit and, and, and rub mud with someone? How did that heal? Have you got a bunch of questions you'd want to ask Jesus? Anyone else? Jesus, how did you do that? Why did you do that? Um, and so I want you to think about it. What would you Think of a question you would ask Jesus. You don't need to tell me. But what would you ask him? One-on-one, Jesus, teach me this. Show me how to do this. You got one? Stick it in your memory. We're going to come back to that thought later. Okay. In, um, in late 2020, who remembers that far back? Think of what was going on in the world then. Lockdowns, COVID. Who's, who's deleted those things from their brain? In, uh, in, in, the tw- in late 2020, in the middle of our lockdowns, I shared a series of messages that were titled The Way of Jesus. Who remembers all those messages, uh, except that Ian Brandon remembers all my messages. We did a whole series of, uh, of messages from, uh, following the way of Jesus. We're talking about the idea of discipleship. Because discipleship in the first century is different to discipleship in the 21st century today. Because uh, back in the first century, things were different, yeah? yeah and so were, things were very different. But how do we, So we looked at what did Jesus' disciples do? What did being a disciple of Jesus look like? Because bottom line is, we are all a disciple of something. Tell the person next to you, you are a disciple of something. It's true, you are a disciple, you are shaped, you are influenced by, by your family, you are influenced by the, the content you watch on screen or on Netflix, or the, the websites you look at, the books that you read. You're all learning and developing and being shaped by something. Perhaps it's your, it's your family, perhaps it's your friends, uh, perhaps it's the culture that we live in. And so the thing is, we get to choose in many ways, we get to choose what we become. We get to choose as a, as a disciple, as a learner, on who we become like. Now, as Christians, it's not surprising that who are we called to be a disciple of? Jesus. That, that, that is the whole deal for us being a Christian. And, and Jesus gave his disciples an incredible invitation, which I talked a lot about back in 2020. The invitation Jesus gives to his disciples is an invitation that he gives to every single one of us today. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says... Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And that's what, that's what four years ago and even last year we touched on this. How do we find rest for our souls? See, coming to Jesus is the call of discipleship. Perhaps a better word we use for this is, is the word apprenticeship to Jesus. As so for each one of us as a disciple or, or as a follower or as an apprentice, our goal is to, uh, well, the three goals we had were to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus, and to do what Jesus did. Who can remember some of this teaching from way back then? If you read some of John Mark Cover's books, you'd also be very familiar with this concept. This is the goal. For you and I, in our discipleship journey, is to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus, and to do what Jesus did. So last year, we started off on Super Sunday, we introduced it, but we started talking about this idea of rhythm and rest. How Jesus modelled and showed and taught about rhythm and rest for his life and for his ministry. And we looked at the idea of something that God baked into creation itself. The idea around Sabbath, about intentionally creating space to worship, to enjoy, to delight in God and His goodness. And so in March last year, we we moved our church beyond just a a Sunday morning thing. We, for four weeks, if you can remember this, if you were here back then, you will remember this. We challenged and encouraged our whole church family to commit to a four-week series to talk about Sabbath. To talk about, not the not because if you're, if you're unfamiliar with the idea of Sabbath or our approach to Sabbath, you can easily associate it with something which, oh, that's Old Testament, that's, that's religious, that's what's something you've got to do. We unpack that and we demolish that old mindset. <coughs> Sabbath is us actually resting and slowing down and finding the peace and the pace of Jesus. So that's what we did last year uh, and, and figure out how, as a community, we can... Uh, converse and find space. In fact, in our family even, we made changes in our family back last year, which we're still out working today. Uh, the idea around Sabbath and slowing down and family time and, and actually enjoying one another. And so, um, in, my, in fact, in my 25 years of ministry, I've had the most feedback uh, regarding some of the content that we share. Because all of us, uh, we're living in an incredibly busy world, yeah? You tell anyone here, even our, even now, the retirees here tell me that they're busier than ever, aren't they Andre? <laughs> or Paul, or Dennis, I don't know, you guys are so busy um, but we are still living an incredibly busy world and what I want to make sure you understand we can't, I don't want anyone to think well we've done a Sabbath, four week thing tick, I've got it all worked out because none of us have and the whole idea around Sabbath is a journey of a lifelong journey of figuring out how we walk the pace and, and receive the peace of Jesus. And so um, so as we face 2024, I want to introduce another uh, topic, not the right word, but another idea that I think is essential. And, and you, you're going to agree with me. You might you might hit a miss on Sabbath, you go, yeah, I can be a disciple. I don't necessarily need to do the Sabbath thing. No, well, you don't necessarily need to do that. You're right. But this one, you're going to, you can't disagree with me on this one. Uh, because this is essential to our journey. And, but this particular issue is something, as soon as I say the word, uh, you're gonna get uncomfortable about it. As soon as I say it, you're gonna squirm in your seat and you go, oh man. It's a it's, it's, it's sort of something that can make you feel, you can make you feel guilty or make you feel bad or not make you feel good enough. And yet it's something that's so important. And it's the idea around prayer. I'm watching people squirming, anyone passing out because, I oh, here we go, prayer. <laughs> Do you know that everyone around, well, across the globe, every day around the globe, billions and billions of people pray? Perhaps uh, many Catholics have, have, uh, have recited the poetic prayers of the historic saints. And they've, and they've approached and prayed to them. The Muslims have, uh, have spread out their prayer rugs five times a day, they've bowed their head to the ground and they've begun chanting the Quran in unison. Jews have, uh, Jews have written little bits of prayers to Yahweh and they've put them on bits of paper and they've, they've gone to the, the Wailing wall, the western wall, and they've rolled the bits of paper up and they've inserted it into the western wall of the temple. Uh, billions of Hindus, billions gather around little altars throughout their throughout their city, throughout their cities and countryside, with bringing flowers and offerings, uh, trying to appease the, the gods that they serve and trying to bring favour uh, upon their family or their their business or their whatever they're trying to do. Buddhists have uh, in the last twenty-four hours, Buddhists have they've meditatively emptied themselves, searching for an enlightened state of of forgetfulness and nothingness. we got the Tibetan monks have, have spun a wheel which has got but prayers and they've, they've rung bells and they've lit uh, incense and they've chanted, and they've, they've, they've all, around the world, people are praying. Even maybe somewhere, maybe in a hospital somewhere across the globe, an atheist has sat there uh, in a totally desperate situation and, and put his hands in his head and, and prayed to a God he doesn't believe that he exists hoping and believing that that someone will hear and someone can do something in their world. See, this happens every day around the globe. This this desire that billions of people have across the globe, That we have an innate desire to connect to the divine. There is something within every single person that wants to connect to something greater than them. And yet most people... Especially Bible, Bible-believing Christians, they struggle with this thing. They find little life in prayer. For many, prayer is something we just... I won't ask for a show of hands, but an anonymous poll would be interesting to know how we go with prayer. Um, for some people it's boring. For some people it's confusing. For some people, it's something I just feel I've got to do. For some people, it's all of the above. We're going to watch the skip, guys. They're going to help us see what prayer may look like. My prayer
1: life is vibrant, and it's active daily. I like to commune with God at nighttime. I get under those warm covers, and I kiss my wife goodnight. You know, I just start talking to God Just me and God, tell him everything Ooh, Makes me just Sleepy, just thinking about it And there I am Just laying in bed, laying on my request to him And he's hearing me and I know that I'm What was I? The efficiency of one's prayers Are directly congruent To the position Of one's body Therefore, the legs should be safe. God, help me. (laughs) Amen. There are times that me and God do not talk, and that is not God's fault, that is mine. I just get so busy. And so when I do end up talking to God, I really just try to impress him, give him a show, just to show him how much I love him. So excuse me, will you, as I pray to God. Oh, Heavenly Father, oh, Heavenly Father, beseech me not unto thee. How now? Brown cow. Oh, my soul is so dry. I'm I just got some who you walk so merrily, merrily down the stream. Oh, God, I just want to be used by you, God. I want to be so. When I like to get my prayer on, uh, there's some things I keep in mind. Um, I think it's totally awesome that uh, God is like Santa Claus and He wants to give you the things that you want. Therefore, you need to keep lists of things. My list currently has 745 prayer requests on them. So then when I go to the Lord in prayer, it looks a little something like this. I'll just pray real quick. Let's see, the Uno thing on my list is my mom. And so I'll pray for her now. Dear Heavenly Father, I lift up this sweet shelf of the earth lady that you have blessed me with to be my mother. And I tell you, thank you. And although I know that I'm called to respect her, and I give her all due respect, there's also an issue of something she truly needs, and that is to stop a yapping. Lord, she yaps. And she doesn't know how to stop yapping. So could you please make her mute? Yes, Nothing permanent. Don't hurt her. I love her. You can just mute her. Its your big godly vote to we mute on her channel. And forth, I would go on and pray all
0: 746 days. Is any one of them relent to you? <laughs> You know, if you really get honest with ourselves, I said before, most people struggle to pray. Look, sure, some people uh, maybe have got this worked out. Um, they're prayer giants. Or maybe, you know, an incest or, a, or something. Or you think of your grandma or your granddad or someone in your world. Yeah, yeah that person just prays. And, uh, but most of the people, including me, possibly including you, are times that we struggle and as I said, in my, in my 25 years of ministry, this probably is one of the most common challenges that we face as Christians, this thing about prayer. And it's not that we don't pray, because we all do pray. But there are times when we are busy, tired, distracted, maybe even lazy. But could it be that we don't pray because we don't really understand what it is? Could it be that even as Christians, while we have a fundamental Belief and we have a love for Jesus, (coughs) and that never changes. And we know who He is, we know what He does, and we love Him, and we thank Him for what He did for us. Could it be that we really haven't experienced that personal, intimate connection and communion with Him? Jesus called His dad Father. Could it be that that we, we say the words, but maybe we don't really have the same level of connectivity? As perhaps Jesus had. So, so prayer becomes something that we do. It becomes something on our list. Or it becomes something we don't do. It becomes one of those things we feel bad about. Because you know, New Year's, we're already in February. And my goals have haven't happened. And Maybe prayer is like that for you. Something we feel guilty or ashamed about. And it remains on our to-do list. And whilst we're trying to tick the box. We are actually missing out. On the very essence of what prayer is. We're missing out on the very uh, element... that what, what, what Jesus would show us. He's a lot of wisdom and a lot of teaching around prayer. And so, the idea around prayer... ...and the, the topic, the title of you know, is called Let's, Let's Talk. Last year I said, Church, we need to talk about rest... ...because we live in such a busy world. Today, I'm saying, Church, we need to talk about something. We need to talk about how we can actually experience... ...the relationship with Jesus through a conversation, through a communion, through connecting, through prayer. And so uh, we're going to, uh, we're, as a church in March, we're going to do another four-week journey, and I'm going to give some details about that in a little bit later. But I want to look back now. Look back, Everyone look back to the question that I asked at the beginning of this service today. If you can ask Jesus to teach you anything, if you can ask Him to show you anything, what did you remember? Some of you have forgotten already. Jesus, I know some of you are thinking, how do I turn water into some wine? Or Coke for those under 18? Or kombucha for those that are weird? Um, <laughs> what would you ask Jesus? How do you walk on water? That would be a cool party trick. How, 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 do, you, how do you do miracles? How, how, do you, how do you study the Bible? And make, how do you memorize what it How do you bring back to your recollection all the stuff you've read? Maybe you've got a bunch of things you'd like to ask Jesus. Well, the disciples had an opportunity. The disciples had been with Jesus for a long time. They hung out with him for quite a bit. They'd seen Jesus do some amazing things. They'd watched watched as a disciple, the old disciples to be with Jesus and to watch what he did and to to, uh, become like him by asking questions and watching and and observing and following. They they saw what Jesus made a priority. They saw what what occupied Jesus' attention and what Jesus did, where Jesus went. They also saw what Jesus didn't do. And so although they knew Jesus, although the disciples knew him deeply and they were with him, they seem to be struggling with something that maybe you're struggling with today. Something we can all struggle with from time to time. In fact, we've got to, in Luke chapter 11, we come to this uh, passage. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. I want you to notice here. What does what what do the disciples want their rabbi to teach them? What do they want? There's a lot of trick questions there. Jesus, teach us to pray. They didn't ask. They didn't ask for a lesson on Jesus. Show us how to cast out demons. They didn't say, Jesus, show us how to walk on water. They didn't say, Jesus, show us you know how to how to raise some of that. There would have been good things to have learned. They, they they'd likely seen him do. Most of those things. They didn't say, Jesus, show me how to calm the storm and speak to the weather and and make the storm storm stop and the waves cease. They must have noticed, watching Jesus' life, they must have realised that prayer was an essential part of those things that he did. And if you read through the Gospels, you look at the amazing miracles of Jesus, the thing you'll notice about Jesus is that he always took time out in prayer. He always he lived a life that wasn't such much. I'm doing my prayer, my, my, my five minutes, ten minutes, an hour of prayer in the morning. Jesus lived a life of constant communion with the Father. And so the disciples are wondering, how the heck do we do that? Jesus, I've seen all you've done. I've seen how powerful you are. I've seen how you teach. I've seen how you do miracles. I've seen how you transform people, challenge people. I've seen all that, and we can understand Perhaps the reason that is, is that because you've got this connection with the Father through prayer. And so Jesus, if I'm going to ask you one question, if I'm going to ask you one thing that's going to help me in the the life that I live here in Newcastle today, one question, how do I pray? Can you give me some tips? Because Jesus, like the disciples, I can struggle. Anyone else like me? They go through times where we go, this is just hard, hard work. And so, if you notice, Jesus doesn't rebuke them. He doesn't say, well, you're a bunch of losers. He didn't say, well, you should have been watching me and now you've missed the boat. What he does, he gives them a framework. Firstly, he shows them in his whole life, he's a constant communion with God. Constant relationship and, and connecting with the Father, but then He gives them a framework to help them understand what prayer really is, and the framework that He gives them we know it as the Lord's Prayer. That's the passage in Luke. Luke will record it, uh, and Luke will. Next verse goes. Then He says to them, "So that's it." Jesus teaches to pray, and He says, "Well, when you pray, say, Father, Hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come." Depending on your, if you're reading Matthew's version, it's a bit more of the familiar one. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us not to. Now if you're a King James person, trespass, debt, I don't know, what what versions do you memorize when you grew up? Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. So Jesus didn't say this is what you have to do every time. But in that he explained and he explores what prayer is. And there's some amazing truth in how we relate to God through those words. And so so they're not just words we speak out. But rather, if we can understand how Jesus understood prayer, we would discover how we can experience God from the moment we open our eyes, through our day at school or work or uni. As we interact with people uh, at the coffee shop or at the gym, or as we go about uh, our normal everyday lives, if we can understand what Jesus understood about prayer, perhaps we can, we can make better decisions. Perhaps we can we can uh, uh, handle the storms in a better way that life throws at us. See, for most of us, prayer prayer isn't just heading away to a one-week prayer retreat. Prayer isn't a a, a necessarily a, a course you've got to do. Although it's a course I'm encouraging you to do. It's a conversation I'm encouraging you to do. But for most of us, prayer is how do we have an ongoing conversation with God in, in our everyday moments? And so then when we reflect on that invitation that I read earlier on, that invitation that Jesus gave to His disciples in, in Matthew, the one I, I talked about last last year when we talked about Sabbath, when I talked about in 2020, the invitation that Jesus gives. When Jesus says, the next one, thanks. When Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle at heart. You'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Could it be? And I know, I know many of us, at least half of our church, were able to attend the Sabbath groups. And I found found that so helpful and so encouraging. That's something we want to keep encouraging, considering how do I slow down? How do I find rest and rhythm in serving and loving Jesus? But could it be, even if you've ticked the box and, and done the group and you think, well, I did it, but my life is still as crazy busy as ever, which it can be, could it be one of the reasons that we are still carrying heavy burdens Could it be one of the reasons you are still carrying heavy burdens? Could it be one of the reasons that you are weary? Could it be that one of the reasons you haven't found rest for your souls? Could it be that we have missed something? How do we come to Jesus? Could it be that is what we have missed? that we have, we have missed our approach to Jesus. I think prayer is how we come to Jesus. I think prayer is how we connect to Jesus. I've got no other way. I, I can't make it any simpler. Although it's not so simple, is it? But if we can understand how we can come to Him, if we can understand how we can experience Him and all that He is, and all that he has, if we can, if we can learn to experience that <coughs> maybe, maybe then we will discover how we can exchange our burden for his. And so I'm really excited about the opportunity we have as a church family, all, all of us, to um, go on a four-week journey to discover. How we can come to Jesus. How do we do it? Very practical. If you remember that for those who hands up if you did the Sabbath, uh, four week Sabbath journey with us. That was very practical wasn't it? So the, 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 the content that we're going to be doing is, is produced by the same people It's got the same activities. It's done very well. Um, but I really believe it for a week and, and the best thing about it we get to sit together some people have meals together some people just had uh, met together or met, they met different days, different nights all that across the church family, and they could talk about it and say, I struggle with this. I'm finding it hard to figure out how to it. And you know what? We can do it together. We can, we can share our struggles together. We can work it out together. Everyone say together. Yeah. That's how we've got to do it. The whole idea of discipleship, we cannot be a disciple of Jesus alone. We've got to do it together because life is tough. There's challenges that face us and challenges that we don't know that what's going around the corner. But I'll tell you what, we can face it because we've got Jesus with us and we've been a family together. So I'm going to put on a, a short uh, video with John Mark Comer, who's going to explain the prayer practice and then I'm going to give you some details of how you can get involved.
1: But let's face it, for many of us, prayer is still a duty. We're all so busy, it's hard to find the time to pray. and if and when we do, it can be boring. and it's hard to focus. We get distracted by all the things on our to-do list, or as the spiritual writer Robert Mahaulllen once said, we just spend our time worrying in God's general direction. It can feel like talking to yourself or reading a Christmas list to the Santa in the sky. So we make excuses, I have young kids, or I have to go to work, or I'm an active personality, or whatever. And we feel the tinge of guilt, Ah, I should pray more. Then we just pick up our phone and go about our day. Let me normalize this for you. We live in one of the most difficult times in all of human history to pray. The smartphone alone is a death blow to prayer for our entire generation. Not to mention social media, the internet, digital streaming, entertainment, noise pollution, urbanization, secularization, and Saturday morning soccer with the kids. My point is, if you struggle to pray, you are not alone. As Saint Teresa of Avila used to say, when it comes to prayer, we're all beginners. And yet, prayer is the portal to life with God, the life we all crave in the deepest part of our being, You may have come on this practice because you're new to following Jesus and learning to pray for the very first time. Or you may be at a stage in your apprenticeship to Jesus where you desire not just to learn about God, but to experience God. Or you may just find prayer boring or tedious, and you're curious what the deal even is. Wherever you are and wherever you come from, you are welcome. To start, in the Library of Scripture, prayer is an umbrella term for all sorts of different types of interactions with God. But at its most basic, prayer is simply the medium through which we communicate and commune with God. In that sense, prayer isn't a practice at all, because all the practices or spiritual disciplines are a means to an end. Prayer, or life with God, is the end. The practice of prayer is learning to set aside dedicated time to intentionally be with God in order to become like him and partner with him to do what he's called us to do in the world. The practice of prayer is to life with God what our weekly date night is to our marriage. We live together seven days a week, but most Monday nights we go on a date, just the two of us, to talk, sort things out, make eye contact, and just be together. We set aside focused time together to deepen our love all week long. In the same way, the practice of prayer is learning to set aside special moments to commune and communicate with God. But the end goal is to deepen your connection with God all the time. So, our hope for this practice isn't that you just learn a theology of prayer or experiment with a new type of prayer, but that you would walk closer to God in your daily life.
0: All so today, I want to throw out a challenge and an invitation. And if I could sit one-on-one with every single one of you and, 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 and have a, a heartfelt conversation regarding how you're tracking and how your spiritual, how, you, how, you, how your prayer life is or your view on prayer. You know? I, every single one of you, I'd be saying, hey, would you commit to four weeks would would you give would you give us four weeks to explore what prayer can be? And it may be different to what you were used to. It may it may it may, it may you you might already be there, which is great. But would you give us four weeks? Four weeks from from a a fifty-two week year that would say, you know what? If prayer is how I can come to Jesus, I want to I want to figure this one out. So that's the challenge I'm throwing at every single one of us. And we, and we get to spend four weeks to talk about this together. Across the church family, we are all going to be doing this and talking about this. Now, if you're already part of one of our Connect groups, your group, our goal is to have all our existing Connect groups to do this four-week <coughs> program. And so if that's you, if you're part of a Connect group, you don't need to, you don't need to do anything. You can just sit along, encourage other people to come along, um, even if you're traveling around Australia, we can get you some uh, content. Uh, if you, do you know anyone, Jack, that's doing that? So I can get you some stuff that you can do as a family. Um, and, and unless you're in a connect group and you'd like to help, uh, and then we do need some help to make this happen uh, by hosting or leading a group. Or maybe you're in a, in a connect group and you're thinking, you know, for four weeks, um, I love my Connect group, but for four weeks I wouldn't mind just uh, being part of something different, just around the topic of prayer. Uh, if you're if you're not local to Newcastle, maybe that you're online, uh, please let us know how we can serve you in this space. Um, as you can see, we've got a, a form on the back of your phone, on the back of your seats. There's a QR code. Everyone see a QR code on your seats. it's fallen off. If it's fallen off in front of you, stretch across and use the person next to your seat. On the QR code is a simple link that says, I would like to be part of one of these groups. And in that, in that list you can, uh, uh, if you click on the link, everyone click on it for me, follow it through, let me know it's working or not. Android people, just sorry. If you're an Android person, depending on the age of your Android, you may need to go to Google Images and scan the QR code. Just saying, not as easy. Or be better, that's right. Thank you. Florin Florin sword. Thank you. Florin sword. Florin, thank you. Much better. Okay. okay, so you can say, you know, I would like to host a group at your place. Maybe you're thinking, Oh look, I'm maybe new to the church or maybe um, I'm you know, I'm I i do not feel I can lead a group but I'm I'm happy to make my house available to anyone who'd like to join me. You could just, uh, in your form, you could put your name down, and say, I'd like to host a group at my place. Or maybe you're thinking, look, I haven't really got a a house that's suitable for a group of people, but I'm more than happy to, and leading a group is so easy. It's a matter of pressing play, and uh, there's discussion questions that are already given, so it's just a matter of of helping people. i will contact you with more information if you're keen on that, but easy to do. Or maybe you're, you've already got a group and you'd like to run a group with family and friends and we can get you some material. you have already got a cluster of people you want to do that together. Let us know. Or maybe you're here and you think, look, I'd like to be part of this. I'm not in an existing group. I'd like some help finding a group. If you can let us know as much information as you can, our staff team will be on this this week and the next couple of weeks. We will do what we can because we want, I want, I'd love it if everyone can be part of this because I know, I know how much God's going to do once each one of us get a greater understanding of of how prayer brings us closer to Him, and so and um, so you can tick that box if you if you'd like some help. Um, what is it? Well, I've got it here, uh, all the options are there. Next page. Okay, when can you be involved? Now we, we're not running groups every single box, okay? But if this, if you've got a windows that work for you, let us know, and we will try to. Either they'll contact you and try to find a way to make something work for you. We don't want people to miss out because this is so, so important. And so, uh, now, if you, if you, just so you know, if you haven't got a QR code stuck on your fridge, you can grab one at the help desk, Alan will be there afterwards, no? Julie Julian will be. There's QR codes with a fridge magnet on it, stick it on your fridge whenever you need to read the e-news or find information. You can go straight to the... Or even register for this. You can say, hey, Mark was talking about this as a church. Didn't get a chance to do the QR code because I've got an Android and didn't work. You can go and you, and you can just go and scan it at home, find someone who can help you and get signed up. Um, so you can, or you can check anytime. It's a very practical thing you can do. Um, and so, uh, so I'd encourage you to sign up. Why? But not because I want big groups. But I really, I'm so, I am so looking forward to journeying this with my group, which I haven't figured out what that looks like. It involves all the Avengers at least. Or mm-hmm. well, may not, we don't know. Um, but either way, would you consider that? I'd ask you, would you prayerfully consider that? Because the christians you know, well, it's, it's, it sounds like, right. I'll, I'll prayerfully consider. Yeah. I'll just say, just do it. Yeah. Um, uh, unless you're you're here and you've got this thing all worked out. If you have. Do it anyway, join a group and help people discover through your wisdom and your amazing stuff what to do. Easy? Clear? Who can smell the sausages? Who saw some sausages go past there already? Okay. We're going to do do one thing, one more thing. We're going to stand together and we're going to. I grew up Baptist and so um, uh, we used to recite things together. And so I thought, what a good way to close our service today around the Lord's Prayer. Now, you're wondering what version do we use? Well, let's use that one. Okay, that, that one just make it really, really easy. Um, but as we do, i really, again, I just want to thank you, everyone. Thank you for your time. For those at home, do they get a link? Okay, if you're at home or online watching this and there's a bit of family in England that watch sometimes, you could join us in this journey somehow. Uh, you can click on the link in your chat uh, uh, on Facebook and that will also take you to the same form and you can let us know that you'd like to be involved and we'll try to figure out some ways that we can include everyone because we want everyone to be included. So uh, we're going to do this together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Let us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, we are going to say grace. Thank you for your time. Would you consider... We're going to start this uh, for the first Sunday after camp we'll be launching this. We need your information before then, so we can get groups together. If you've got any questions, come and see me, and I won't be able to answer them, but you will see me anyway. Um, thank you, Lord, for our church family. Lord, thank you that we get to do life together with one another. And Lord, I just pray that you'll just help us to find out ways that we can connect to you in a deeper, greater life-giving way. But we thank you for those who've been um, cooking lunch for us. We pray you bless them and we pray the sausages are well done. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. This is the end of the service. If you're here, if you'd like some prayer, we'd like to encourage you and pray for you. Up the front. God bless. Sign up.